You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Friday, November 3rd, and I am not joined by Pete Sweeney this morning. He's taking the day off ahead of this very early morning Germany game for the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. But I'm very happy to be joined by Tom Childs and Brad Simcox, host of the Great British Chiefs show right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Brad and Tom are in Germany for this game. They are on the ground in Frankfurt covering the Kansas City Chiefs against the Miami Dolphins in what is a massive Week 9 matchup. Brad, Tom, what's going on, fellas? A lot. Let's, let's put it this way. The um, the Chiefs fans are going all out in Frankfurt this weekend. Like, we, we got in yesterday, and when we arrived, it was a little bit sleepy, and there was a few Chiefs fans about, but it seems we've woken up this morning with a slight hangover, and we've woken up to the whole of Chiefs Kingdom arriving in Frankfurt. It seems like the whole of Kansas City is in Frankfurt this morning. We've taken a walk around the sea this morning, and we've already been to the, the championship, the famous boat, the championship, shall we say. And there's a lot happening. Like, I would I would say that Frankfurt is currently mainly Kansas City. If you had to ratio it against the Dolphins, it's probably, what, 9, 10 to 1 against Dolphins fans uh, in the sea at the moment. It is buzzing. There's red and white everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've seen about three Dolphins fans. And in fact, one of them shook his head when he saw me. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm starting to feel the tension. <laughs> so wasn't there, uh, just to get tickets to this game in Germany, wasn't there like a lottery or something? Because these international games typically sell out like instantly. Like, didn't yeah. you guys have to like do some legwork just to make sure you got tickets to this game? Yeah, for sure. Like when I joined the queue, there was 1.5 million people ahead of me for tickets. Like that's just ludicrous. 1.5 million people. It's a crazy amount of uh, people trying to get tickets, especially for a stadium that only holds, what, 42,500? So um, we pulled in some favours. We knew a couple of guys. We have a ticket guy and the ticket guy kind of come through for us. And that's how we got tickets. If it wasn't for him, 
Uh, shout out Duncan Smart from Arrowheads Abroad. If it wasn't for him, then there was no chance that we were going to get into this game because there is the hot ticket at the moment. 1.5 million is insane. That's like yeah. we talk about like Taylor Swift and like how yeah. quick those things. I don't know if she's got 1.5 million people waiting in queue to get tickets to something. So, yeah, that's I, th I think we've actually got a 3 million at some point. It, it really it was crazy how how so much so many people were just trying to get tickets for this. I mean, obviously, Chiefs Kingdom kind of travels well anyway, but I think with the, the added part of having Dolphins fans trying to get tickets, it was just absolutely insane to try and get tickets for this. But we've been looking for the and if you compare it to like the Patriots Colts game, which is here next week, I, I hear there was like twelve people in the queue for that. Patrick Mahomes and Tua is a much better matchup than Mac Jones and Gardner Minshew. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, so, sorry for those international fans that have to go to that game instead of yeah. Chiefs and Dolphins. But uh, I think we're going to get a really good game here on Sunday. And I I hope the Chiefs come away with a win. But this is definitely one of the toughest tests that they're going to face this season. Um so I, I want to preview the game with you guys, get your guys' thoughts uh, on everything. Uh, I want to remind you guys, too, if you're if you're watching us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, you can leave some comments, questions, observations, whatever. We'll try to get to a few of those at the end of the show uh, if, you, if you guys leave them. Uh, other than that, we're just going to get into the game and kind of give our thoughts uh, on this massive matchup between the Chiefs mm -hmm. and Dolphins. So injury report uh final injury report will come out today for the Kansas City Chiefs as they are in Germany now they'll they'll kind of do like a walkthrough practice today and then around 11 a.m Kansas City time we should hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and a couple other players as the Chiefs are getting settled there um I, I guess I haven't talked to you guys about this but I, I am curious your thoughts like so the Dolphins have been there all week. The Dolphins yeah. traveled early and, and got there, got settled. They've been practicing from there all week. Tyreek Hill's been talking trash all week long at the podium. <laughs> uh, but the Chiefs didn't get there until today, basically. They traveled yeah. late last night from Kansas City uh, to get there today. They'll have the walkthrough practice, and they'll have some time to get settled and, and kind of make sure that they're well-rested before Sunday's game. Do you think that that's an advantage or, or a disadvantage for them waiting so long to travel? Because this is how Andy Reid did it in their previous game in London several years ago. And yeah. so this is how they know to do it. And this is how they chose to do it for this game. But I kind of wish they would have gotten there a little bit earlier, personally. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat, Steve. Like we talked about it on the Great British Chiefs show, like, yes, they done it this way in 2015. But in that that particular game, it was two one and five teams. Like the Lions were terrible that year. This year, they're playing the Dolphins. This is like the matchup of the year so far. This is two six and two teams going against each other. This is a potential AFC Championship game preview. And you need every advantage that you can get in these type of matchups. And I definitely think the Dolphins have seized the initiative in this particular match by coming out a little bit earlier. I spoke to a guy earlier that actually went to the team hotel, the Chiefs hotel, when they arrived this morning. And he said that Mahomes and Kelsey looked rough. Like really, really rough. So I don't know what they're like for sleeping on planes. So if they're like me, I don't sleep on planes. I never have been able to. People are like that. Maybe perhaps that Kelsey and Mahomes are the same way. But if they are feeling rough and looking rough at what, 10 o'clock in the morning on Friday, they've got two days to acclimatize to the time zone, six, seven hour time zone difference. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the strategy that the Chiefs have uh, chosen to go with this year. Is the uh, is jet lag like the, and injury designation i suppose for for the chiefs yeah. on this because yeah. they i mean 
we know what it was like just flying over just for an hour. I mean, I had a kip on the plane on the way over, but to have that distance and have that the whole duration of that flight and to land on the Friday, you've got probably Saturday to try and recover from that. Um, and then you, you're straight into the game on Sunday. It's going to be an absolute real killer, I think, for the Chiefs team. Um, like Tom said, they did it before at the you know, Wembley for the Lions game, and it worked, but is it going to work this time? And and, and there is a bit of uh, tension, I suppose, or a little, little bit of concern from Chiefs fans that the Chiefs have only just arrived in Frankfurt, and it does take some time to get over um, for that duration of the flight. It really is going to be difficult for them. But if they, I suppose the one way that Reed might look at this is try and keep the players on US time. That might be the thing that he wants to maybe try and do and try and keep them on that, try and keep them on the same time scale, sleep through the day, play on the night, you know, practice on the night, kind of that kind of thing, and then be ready for Sunday. That might be what he's aiming for. But at the minute, yeah, there's a bit of a, a concern, I think, amongst uh, quite a few Chiefs fans in Frankfurt. They've already raised it with us about this could be a slight issue. Um, it could be advantage Dolphins. I kind of feel like that's something that has gone overlooked in these international games where traditionally, like maybe it's just because most of the time they send bad teams over there, but like these yes, kind of have been treated like Thursday night games where it's like, you know, long, like instead of a short turnaround, you have this long week where you got to travel and get used to the time zone change and all that stuff. And so they're typically kind of lower scoring games. Like they're, they're hard, they're games that are hard to bet on. And so I feel like that's why teams this season have, adjusted and said we're just going there the whole week um mm -hmm. so so i am a little bit concerned about that another thing that i was a little bit concerned about but i think you guys made me feel better about it this morning was you know this matchup against the miami dolphins is supposed was supposed to be a, a chief's home game but obviously it's not a chief's home game tyree kill said he was actually disappointed that he wasn't going to get to return to arrowhead and uh mvs talked about that this week that he was kind of disappointed that it wasn't going to be in front of the arrowhead crowd but you said Chiefs fans have taken over Germany. So maybe Chiefs fans shouldn't be too worried about this not being a home game yeah. if if it's truly going to be just like a sea of red out there on Sunday morning. Yeah, it's, I, it will never be a sea of red because all the international series games are similar to like a Super Bowl. You get fans of every team going to the game. People want to show their teams that they support. But now I think there's enough... Kansas City Red in this in the city right now for, to make it feel like a home game. It's a small stadium. It's only 42,500 people. It's an indoor stadium as well. So the noise should echo and go throughout the stadium. I, I imagine it will feel like a home game. It just won't be the Arrowhead experience, but it'll be a very different type of experience for the players. Yeah, that that's interesting. And that that's something I really hadn't thought about until, you know, we, we heard them talk about it, but I was just kind of like, it, it was something that's, I, I'm so like deep in the like trying to figure out how how to digest this game and like preview this game it's not something i really thought about like the actual stadium like you mentioned it's yeah. indoors and the, the the amount of people there and how many chiefs fans are going to be there so hopefully it winds up being an advantage for the kansas city chiefs um i briefly mentioned the injury report clyde edwards lair has already been ruled out of this contest he did not travel mm -hmm. with the team so he's not even in germany he was dealing with an illness this week uh, Jarek McKinnon, who was limited all week, uh, seems like he's got a good chance to play. But I think the biggest thing here is that Willie Gay, who is a limited participant dealing with a back injury after last week's loss to the Denver Broncos, uh, it, he traveled with the team. It seems like he's got an opportunity to play. When we heard from Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo and the, and the Chiefs coaching staff this week, they kind of made it seem like they were really, really unsure if he was going to be available. And 
without having Nick Bolton, if Willie Gay's not able to go in this contest, that could be a huge issue for the Kansas City Chiefs is that once deep, super athletic linebacker room mm. could just be down to Drew Tranquil. But it, it seems like he's got a chance to play. So that that that's hopefully a good thing for the Kansas City Chiefs. On the Miami Dolphins side, sounds like their, their tackle, Teron Armstead, their star tackle, is going to have an opportunity to play. He's been on injured reserve this season. We know they just got Jalen Ramsey back. Uh, Xavier Howard's missed a couple of games. Sounds like he's going to go. So the Dolphins sound like they're going to be at full strength, minus uh, star rookie running back Devon Achan, who's still mm-hmm. on are but Raheem Mostert been fantastic this season so it's the Chiefs are a little bit banged up going against the most explosive offense in the NFL but I still think that they match up pretty well with the Miami Dolphins how do you guys feel uh, about this overall just what what are your thoughts headed into this matchup and and how the Chiefs can kind of try to slow down this insane Dolphins offense well, we know Tua gets the ball out quicker than basically every quarterback in the league. It's what their offense is built around is get those short passing, uh, short passing attack. And thankfully, we've got a defensive line that likes to get their hands on footballs as well. So if the Chiefs aren't going to win, the, the big guys aren't front immediately in terms of pressure, they can get their hands on the ball. And you talk about Willie Gay. Willie Gay being able to play and to try and nullify that quick passing attack, that is a big like in a game like this, you probably want Willie Gay and Drew Tranquil on the field because they're probably the best two coverage linebackers that we have. And if the Dolphins are going to try and this quick passing attack, you need hands on the football by the defensive line and you need your linebackers to be ready and alert early in the play. So I feel like the Chiefs are in a, an okay position to be able to nullify the quick passing game. Is The problem with the Dolphins is that they have such a fine balance of everything. So they, they run the football very well. They have the quick passing attack. And of course, they have like the, the alien that is Tyreek Hill that we all know about. And I'm interested to see what they do with Tyreek Hill this weekend because I've got a feeling he would have been the, in the ear of Mike McDaniel all week. Like, go on, let me go for 203 TDs. Like, draw something up, draw something up for me this week. So I am interested by that. But overall, I think the Chiefs are in an okay position to slow down the Dolphins. I don't expect them to score 70 against the Chiefs. I, I don't expect that anything like that. But the Chiefs should be able to have some success against this elite offense. Yeah, well, I mean, we were both saying this on the show, weren't we? That, you know, this loss against the Denver Broncos was probably a good time to actually have that before this game um, because it might be something that really kind of G's them up a little bit more make sure that they take this a lot more this game a lot more seriously um because we did see a little uh, a little flash of something there with the, from the from the chiefs team where they probably almost thought that they could just walk into denver get the dub and then go on to on to germany and they probably did take their eye off the ball a little bit with the denver denver broncos and maybe maybe preparing a lot more for for this dolphins game but i think that's really going to kind of g the chiefs along a little bit more and Petty Mahomes is definitely a thing. We mention it a lot on the show. Petty Mahomes is a big thing. And if we can get Petty Mahomes against Tyreek Hill on this t- on this game, I think we're looking for a, a real kind of a, a good showdown between them. So I think the Petty Mahomes thing is a really underrated, undercovered part of this game because like I mentioned already that Tyreek Hill's kind of been taking shots at the podium and you know he's not... He's not taking direct shots at the Chiefs organization or, or his teammates or anything like that, but it, it's been over a year now since they traded him of this kind of stuff where where Tua Tungavailoa is the most accurate quarterback he's ever played with and just kind of taking small jabs at the Chiefs organization and 
you know, he goes on podcasts constantly and basically just blames everything on the Chiefs for why he got traded and why he didn't sign here. And I, I totally agree with you guys. Like Patrick Mahomes, we talk about him having that like Michael Jordan, like pettiness, competitive edge. And they won't ever say it publicly. Travis Kelsey won't ever say it publicly. I think all of them are annoyed with Tyreek Hill and upset with all of that. Like, like they won a Super Bowl together. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl last year without Tyreek Hill. But if they lose this game to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday, the storyline on Monday is Chiefs don't have any wide receivers. They should have yeah. kept Tyreek Hill as if they didn't win a Super Bowl last season. And I think that's something that really bothers them. And I think it's something that we are we're downplaying too much ahead of this game. Yeah, it's something I didn't give a thought really until I was actually in Frankfurt. And I've heard a couple of people mention Paddy, Paddy, Petty Mahomes, shall I say. And I'm actually like, we get to predictions in a minute, but that one single thing is like turning my predictions slowly but surely into the way of the Chiefs. But yeah, I do think it is a thing. Um, and he very rarely plays badly two weeks in a row. And he was bad last week. Like yeah. for all of the Chiefs problems, Mahomes was one of them last week. He was just out bad he was ill you say about michael jordan he's not quite flu game michael jordan yet he's got he's got like playing on one leg michael jordan he's got like the the pettiness <laughs> michael jordan he hasn't got the flu game just quite yet but yeah i think they they were really bad last week and they've got a point to prove and i think they will want to prove it more so against tyreek hill yeah it's it i i think that the the defense obviously has something to prove here too like this mm -hmm. is the toughest test that they may face all season long and when you look at the Miami Dolphins two losses and Miami has a lot to prove in this game too, because there is starting to build this narrative. Like they absolutely dominate the bad teams, but they can't beat the good teams because their two losses are to the Buffalo bills and to the Philadelphia Eagles and their games where they weren't as explosive. Like they, they struggled to put up points in those games. And I, the common factor in all of that is those teams both have defensive lines that can get after you with four. And Tua Tungavailoa is a good NFL quarterback. He's an accurate passer. He can take these deep shots down the field. But when you pressure him and you get in his face, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He's not the most athletic quarterback. So if he's got to get outside the pocket and create throws on the run, that's not really his game. Mm -hmm. And so the Chiefs defensive line, like you know, we talk about how great they've been and the secondary has been great too. And they're, they've got a tough test against Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, who are absolutely special players. But this is a Chris Jones game. This yeah. is and and Teron Armstead is a good left tackle. He's been injured a lot since he signed with the Miami Dolphins. But him being active in this game is a huge addition for them. But the way Mike Dan is playing, the way George Karloft is playing, the way Charles Amenahu has played in these two games since he's returned from suspension. Like, I think that's my biggest key to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs this week is that defensive line's just got to be utterly dominant against the Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like Chris Jones hasn't played well for what a couple of weeks now. Like he's in this contract year as such for him. And um, if he wants to earn a big contract next year, he wants the Chiefs to pay him. This is the type of game where he needs to show up because the offense is stalling. This is a the Chiefs are a defensive team right now. Like that's that's who we are. It's, uh, we aren't the the, the Mahomes led offense. That we're not those type of teams anymore. The Chiefs are a defensive team right now, and the guys like. George Kyle Afters, who started very, very well this year. Charles Amena, who's just come in and been lights out since then. But the leader of that team, or that particular line, is Chris Jones. And if he doesn't dominate, then it could be a long afternoon for the Chiefs' defense. Uh, and so we talked about this last night on Show and BK, and I I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on it, where 
you know, last week Isaiah Pacheco only has eight carries. And that that's a frustrating thing for me going against the Denver Broncos, who have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Uh, but we know Andy Reid just kind of does that sometimes. Like he just he he gets so caught up in the passing game. And when the offense isn't working, I think he gets frustrated and he's just like, We're gonna keep running it until you guys figure it out. And the Dolphins run defense has actually been pretty good this season, but I, I don't think the key to the chiefs offense, like I think the chiefs offense does kind of similarly to what teams used to do to the chiefs. They got to try to keep the dolphins off the field and minimize possessions, but I don't think you necessarily do that with the running game. I think you do that with kind of what the chiefs offense is now where it's, it's not this explosive offense that's going to score in three plays. It's, 9, 10, 12, 13 play drives, this kind of methodical chunk gang and offense. And you just need them to be functional. Like, and you need them to not turn the football over like they did last week. So as long as they turn the football, don't turn the football over and they can create these long extended drives. I think that's a recipe for success this week against the Dolphins. Only if they end in six though, that's the yes. problem. If they, yeah. if they don't end in six, then, then it's an issue. Like time of possession is fine, but if you're not scoring touchdowns at the end of it, what's the point? There is no point for it. Yeah. And what I think the Dolphins rank last in time of possession this so far this season. I think did Brad, didn't we say the other day? It was like it was 22 20 minutes a game. Yeah. 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 It was 22nd and in they, the rankings. In So time of possession doesn't matter for the Dolphins because they can score in a heartbeat. Essentially, they've become the 2018 Chiefs and we've become like the, the Alex Smith-led Chiefs almost in a, in, a, in a space of a year. So, yeah, it's fine having these long drives, but if they don't end in six, if they can't sort out in the red zone, they can't punch the ball in, then it's not going to make a difference. Scoring touchdowns when you get down there is the B.O. and the endo of this game. I think the run game is definitely going to be a key for this, but also I think it's time now for Andy Reid and the coaching staff to select who is their top wide receivers in this because yeah. we've said it before in the show that the, the ball being spread around to all these different wide receivers, I can I can understand why they were doing it and the reason behind it. You know, you don't know where the attack is going to be coming from, but I think right now there's two players that are really shining in the, as, as wide receivers and if they can give them more support in that and give them the the nod, so to speak, as being the WR1 and WR2. I think Rashi Rice, Justin Watson are going to be the guys that really we need to kind of focus on a lot more as being the predominant wide receivers in this room because it's great having the, you know, the, the players around us and all the wide receiving room getting a touch, but it's clearly not working. And I think this Chiefs team or this Chiefs offense needs that competitive edge to really compete against the Dolphins. It's uh, I need Andy Reid to dust off whatever the game plan was last year against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, That's that's and, and I do think there's something to Andy saves his good game plans for the important games. Like, I think that is absolutely a thing with Andy Reid where. You know, against the Denver Broncos, that's a frustrating game, but he doesn't want to put significant stuff on tape against the Broncos ahead of this game against the Dolphins. So I think that's important. I think the Chiefs really need to get to this bye and, and reassess things. I think they'll, they 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 tend to make a lot of their adjustments over the bye week, over that extended break, and that's kind of what they'll be moving forward the rest of the season. 
But just like last year, they had the 49ers, I think, just before their bye week, and they absolutely dominate them. They have this huge mm-hmm. performance, and they head into their bye, and we see them make adjustments where Isaiah Pacheco becomes the guy like the rest yeah. of the season. And so I, I'm hoping the Rasheed Rice thing will, will happen a little bit this week and then moving forward the rest of the year after the Chiefs' bye week. So they've got the Eagles immediately after the bye, so that's yeah. obviously going to be a massive matchup. And it only gets tough for the rest of the way. Like this was the easier part of the Chiefs' schedule. They dominated it for the most part, and that's what they had to do this early in the season. But uh, it, it gets rough down the stretch here for the <laughs> Kansas State Chiefs. They've got some massive games coming up. So this is a, another very important one. I, I hope they get it done on Sunday in Germany. But let's get to our game predictions. I know you guys gave them out earlier this week on the Great British Chief Show, which I, as always, I encourage all of you to to go back and check that out if you haven't listened to it yet. But uh, what are your, how are you feeling? Have your thoughts changed since you guys recorded earlier in the week? Um, or, or do you still feel like the Chiefs are going to be able to get this done? What are your predictions ahead of Sunday? Uh, yeah, I've flipped. I, I'll not lie. I've flipped. And, uh, spoiler alert, I predicted a loss earlier this week. But <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so you, you don't need to listen anymore. <laughs> no, you can. No, I kid. Um, so I think like the whole aura of being in Frankfurt and maybe a couple of German Stein and some beers has kind of got to me a little bit. But also I didn't realize that the stadium was indoors until I arrived yesterday. I found that out yesterday. And I think that's kind of a big deal. I was expecting it to be a wet weather game. And I thought the Chiefs and these receivers, we can't rely on them on a wet weather game, no chance. But now that I know it's going to be indoors, it's going to be dry, there's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans here. And obviously the petty pat thing, which is coming to the front of all of our mindsets now when it comes to this game, I think the Chiefs might actually do it now. I, I I think they may. And I think it's going to be a real close game. I think we're in for like a, a bit of an international series classic because uh, trust me, I've been to a lot of these international series games because I don't live too far from Wembley Stadium and they are bad. Like they are normally really, really, really <laughs> bad affairs. And so, yeah, I think we might get a good one this weekend. I'm expecting like three, maybe four point win for for the Chiefs. And I hope they do like convert those long drives into touchdowns they do that they can win the game if they come out early and are tired and we're seeing harrison butker like far too much tommy townsend's far too much then we're going to be in a bit of a hole but yeah i I, let's do it i'm going to drink the kool-aid the chiefs kool-aid in frankfurt the chiefs are going to win this game yeah i i think tom's right i think uh i think being in the thick of it in frankfurt and speaking to a lot of Chiefs fans, the Denver game didn't really seem to matter to quite a few of the Chiefs fans over here. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, it's very much different to what it is for social media, like Chiefs Twitter and everything like that, where it was all doom and gloom. And I was very much part of that doom and gloom. And uh, I predicted previously that it was going to be another loss to the Chiefs. But I think, I think Chiefs fans have almost accepted it and they're ready to really ride with this team now because, yeah, it is going to be a tough game. I think the added spice of it with Tyreek Hill spouting off like he has been, I think that's really kind of riled a few Chiefs fans up and they, they really want to uh, to really kind of ram it down the Dolphins' throats at this point. There's an almost, a, almost a bit of an arrogance by some of the Dolphins fans from what I've seen. Um, I think they feel like they're going to win this game and I think the Chiefs, it's going to play in the Chiefs' hands. It's going to play into Petty Mahomes' hand. I think, uh, I think the Chiefs, are going to at least nick a win, I think. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you guys. I picked the Chiefs to win this week, and some of it is that betting against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes traditionally is a bad bet, and, and some of it is 
I just think that this game matters uh, to them uh, a lot more than they'll ever lead on publicly because of the Tyreek Hill stuff, because this is like a, a big kind of prove it game for them. Like Tyreek might go for 2000 yards this season. Like that's totally on the table. Like, I thought you were going to say 2000 yards this game. <laughs> but, like, like Ty- Tyreek is having an incredible season. He's an incredible player. That was never in doubt when they traded him away. It was just a, a matter of circumstance and planning for the future and so he may go on to set the nfl receiving yards record this season that's totally fine but i think this game really really matters to the chiefs we've seen them step up in these situations before and i believe in the defense i I believe in the defensive line i believe in what steve spagnolo is doing i really hope willie gay is available because that might be a problem um you know, I like what Leo Chanel's done this season, but he has not been the greatest like sideline to sideline linebacker, and that could be a huge issue against this Dolphins offense. But the fact that Willie Gay traveled with the team, it, it has me banking that he's going to play uh, on Sunday. So I think the Chiefs get it done. I, I think they got enough. I think they've been game planning for this longer than we even really realized just based on how the Dolphins have performed this season. So I think the Chiefs will get it done in Germany. I think they'll come away with a win. I think they'll head into the bye feeling good before that huge Monday night matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Make sure you're locked into arrowheadpride.com. All weekend, we got everything you need to know ahead of this huge matchup at 8.30 in the morning, Kansas City time uh, on Sunday morning between the, the Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you can follow Brad on Twitter at BritChiefUK. You can follow Tom at TomChilds56. I'm Stephen Serta. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday ahead of this huge game between the Chiefs and Dolphins. Plot 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. 
This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.